Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. This week is a special one. We have Megan Penman. She's responsible for hundreds, and that's an understatement, of labels for Other Half Brewing, originally based in Brooklyn, also now has a new location in Rochester, New York. But you'll come to find out, this is a little spoiler for you, but she's responsible for over 500 labels. Now, we've had some folks who've done crazy amount of labels, but I'm going to go on record and you know come at me. But I think that she is the hardest working designer, most outputs in all of beer. So come at me. Let me know who, who could top that one. I'm ready. You'll find me. AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. The website is 16ozcanvas.com. And you can find us at 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The crew over other half likes to give out belts. You know, they have their uh, other, they have their pastry town and uh, Green City, but I think that a belt should be made for for Megan and all the work that she's doing over there. I mean, probably in the time it takes for you to listen to this episode, she will have created 17 more labels, and they'll release 15 more beers. They're just they just keep pumping them out. But this is a great episode. It really kind of goes into her whole story. You know, tells about her her career, how she kind of. The choices she made, the the different majors she had, and just really, you know, one of the cool things that's, uh, that she says and really kind of resonated with me is be receptive to change. And you've been a big supporter and you listen to me, so I thank you for being an ear, you know, through the, the tribulations, the trials, and the ups and downs and things that have been going on over the last year or so. But 2020 is going to be a great year. We're going to do some great stuff. Got some great news that we, you know, we're waiting for uh, word from our lawyers that we can release, and uh, it's really exciting stuff. We're really happy for this next chapter in our life, and we're really excited to be able to to share that with you soon, soon, soon. It's kind of a, a teaser, spoiler, but yeah, great, great, you know, story. How she kind of, uh, you know, worked the agency life, you know, going back to to childhood, you know. Just it was a natural interview, really easy to do, really laid back, but also really informative. You know how she manages, you know, doing you know all the different you know labels and the different beers, the styles they come out with. It's a really just a cool, cool opportunity to kind of uh, look look behind the the curtain, so to speak, at one of the most popular and most active breweries uh, in in the world. And they're located, uh, you know, right there in in good old Brooklyn. We did get our tickets for for Pastry Town, so looking forward, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I just think I just like episodes like this because you know you wonder how it's done, you know, what's done, and you find out it's this one, you know, badass designer Megan who's doing you know all these labels, and you just kind of I don't know, it just blows you away that really the power of people. And how how they can uh, you know do that and keep you know keep things uh, keep things moving at such a high level for for other half. So we are big fans of Megan. Magnificent is her Instagram handle, magnificent.com. 
We're not going to tell you what it is, but you're going to learn a cool, fun fact about Megan towards the end of the episode. You know, it's uh, it's kind of, uh, we're hoping it's something that we'll see come into action, uh, you know, at some point in the future. And we can all, you know, go and party down together with uh, with Megan and her, her alter ego. So, we thank you. 2020 is off to a great start. We're having a lot of fun. This is season 13. We're uh, finalizing details for season 14. Let us know what you think. We have an idea. I don't know if it's going to be for season 15 or not, but April will be our three-year anniversary. And so we're thinking, you know, this is a rough idea, maybe of doing a season or just kind of maybe a six or 12-pack of episodes, maybe just trying to even do it in parallel with one of our seasons, but kind of a where are they now. And, you know, maybe we'll just do, you know, 15-minute segments of different artists or full episodes you know, kind of seeing where things have, you know, have evolved or where they are in their career. You know, we've been trying to support and also draw attention to some of our earlier episodes with our From the Archive series that we do and mention on, you know, Throwback Thursdays, uh, which has really been kind of fun to look back and see, you know, where we've come, who we've uh, introduced folks to, and just, I don't know, once, once the folks come on the podcast, they're part of the family, they're part of the crew, and so we just try to find unique ways to continue to promote and support them. So if you have any suggestions, like I said before, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. But let's get into it. Episode 143. Now, I know you're going to ask this next question. That is also not a prime number. I know. Just do the math. They're divisible by 11 right there. 13 and 11. 13 times 11 is 143. So we're going to get you. Next week is also not, I don't think we have another prime number for a while, just given the fact we're so high up there, but we will find uh, another prime number uh, next week, 144, you know, it's uh, 12 squared, so, you know, there's another one for you, so, yes, we are nerds, yes, we like math, and uh, yes, we like you, so we thank you for checking out, but let's get into it, until someone tells us otherwise, this is the champion, the busiest, the hardest working, the most labels... 4-1 Brewery that we can think of. Come get us for somebody else, but the belt will be, I don't know, maybe the belt will be made by us. I don't know, but we think that she deserves something, at least like a like a, a trophy or something. You know, maybe that's what it is, but I think that she's the undisputed champion for, for right now. 500 labels herself is pretty fucking badass. Megan's badass. This episode's badass. Okay, and you're badass. So here it is. Without further ado, episode 143, Megan Pemden. 16-ounce canvas, other half, right here, right now. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in from Brooklyn, New York, Megan Pemnan. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Megan, for being a part of this. Megan, uh, we've wanted to have her on this project for, for some time now, and I've uh, been a big fan of your work, and so really just uh, really appreciate uh, helping us kick off 2020 season 13 and just uh you know being a part of the project so again thanks so much megan cool thank you i'm excited to chat about stuff fun stuff exactly right exactly good uh good way to uh start 2020 and we came to learn of megan through the work that she does with other half brewing you, you may have heard of them they're uh i always like to joke uh, bad bad jokes but yeah they're very uh, popular here especially here actually worldwide and megan is a, a label machine but um we really want to talk to her about her work her story and i think it's important for you to follow along so you can do so on the ig uh magnificent so it's megan then the 
I F I C E N T. And then the same with uh, a .com. You can see her work, some of her adventures, her various costume changes, and uh, just kind of uh, how she how she enjoys life and you know her her creative uh, creative process. So uh, again, this is where we hype you up. So thanks so much, Megan. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Cool. Sounds good. Great. Thank you. All right. So now we got that out of the, out of the way, the the, uh, the logistics. Um, what is uh, this? Is your big moment here? So this is where we sit back, drink our coffee, and you talk about yourself a little more than you're probably used to. But uh, what's the what's the Megan uh, Penman story? Um, well, at, at this point, I've designed probably around uh, 500 beer labels um, for other half, which is, and that's just in the past two years. Uh, and that's kind of a lot. (laughs) Um, I don't know how many other people are doing, um, but it, it has been a journey and an adventure, uh, working on that volume of, uh, of stuff for them in addition to merchandise and beer festivals. And, uh, so yeah, it's been pretty nonstop since I started, uh, working with them. Now take us back. We'll, we'll get to the other half part of the story, but what's kind mm-hmm. of, uh, how did you, you know, growing up or, you know, uh, years past, what was your kind of, how did you find your calling to, to be, a, you know, a creative? What's the, how does that look in, in the past? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I remember when I was really little, uh, my parents putting me in art classes when I was probably like five years old, um, and I remember our teachers, it was like a, an art class for little kids, but held at a local university. And so um, I remember we did some kind of art show at the very end of the class. And uh, the teacher had come up to my parents afterward and said they were just like really impressed with my, my work or something like that. And that I, they thought I had a really good color sensibility. Um, and I, it's funny, I have this memory of that and I remember exactly what the painting was that I did and it was kind of like a bunch of rainbow colors in the background and then over it I I remember I had taken like a a toothbrush and dipped it in white paint and then flicked that all over the uh all over the paper and so in my mind it was like a crowd of people in a snowstorm uh and so I just remember this uh snowstorm picture that I had painted and um I'm sure my mom has it somewhere in the house still uh, I should ask to see it but I remember uh, even from yeah being that young being drawn to color and art and uh, making stuff and when I was um, I think I was in second or third grade I remember uh, I became obsessed with making my own earrings uh, at it and so I had like some really huge uh, almost <laughs> They, in my mind, they're really big, like maybe almost the size of three by five index cards, uh, but out of felt. Um, so I made, would craft like different shapes together or do like American flag or, you know, different big, huge felt pieces. And I was just like that weird kid, I guess, uh, at school with these giant, <laughs> ridiculous earrings that I had made. Um, so that was, yeah, when I was really little, I was always, um, interested in that kind of stuff and you know drawing I was uh, entering a lot of coloring contests and I feel like I 
I, my mom would purposefully, I think, enter me in coloring contests because she knew that I would probably win. And maybe there was some kind of incentive there. Uh, whatever the prizes were, I don't remember, a gift card to a store or something like that. But I do remember, um, yeah, winning coloring contests and painting, drawing, and, and things like that when I was really, really young. Uh, and then uh, when I went to college, um, I... I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, the idea of picking a major was very stressful to me. I was just, I knew that I was, I felt like I didn't know enough about the world to pick a profession yet. I felt like I wanted to know more about the world and I, I was also interested in a lot of different things and I was good at a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, I couldn't decide uh, when I first started college um uh, what major I wanted to be. I think I, I switched it six times um, from like English to uh, magazine journalism to uh, graphic design to advertising. And uh, it, yeah, I switched it around several times and I, I finished uh, with advertising. Um, and then I went to, after college, I went to Miami Ad School uh, for advertising for art direction. Um, and then after that, uh, after going to school there, I started my career in New York as an art director and worked at a bunch of really big ad agencies on all kinds of campaigns, um, global campaigns for you know big brands, um, all different kinds of clients. Uh, I did work on some beer brands at some point. Um, I worked on car brands. I worked on hair care. I worked on... Um, big tech companies, um, all different kinds of stuff. Um, and then uh, after after doing that job for, for at different agencies for probably around 10 years, um, I decided to quit to go freelance. Um, I had really wanted to be freelance for a long time and wanted to kind of set my own schedule and set my own time and um, choose the clients that I wanted to work on and so uh, I did that for uh, a couple of years, and then I kind of um, ended up picking up other half as a client. Uh, and yeah, I've been working with them uh, for the last couple of years. Ah, oh, very. That's a good journey. I, I like. I I also like the fact that your 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 parents were encouraging, and I was I was one of my questions I was going to ask if you think your mom still has that piece. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's yeah. I think that. I was having a discussion with my wife the other day about, like you were saying, about picking majors in college. That I, when, I, when I look back at it, I was 17 when I went to school, and the idea that I was going to know what I was going to do with the rest of my life at 17 is mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty daunting. And, and I really, yeah. I've come to, through this actually adventure, you know, meeting folks across the pond that, you know, that, that year off, whatever, I forget what they call it, but um, like just the idea of just trying to find your what you really wanted to do and kind of have these experiences and it be, be acceptable, you know, socially acceptable is, uh, it's really stressful. Yeah. I changed my major numerous times. I think the idea was I like numbers, so I should be an accountant, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but right. You're just can't control your entire life path as a child and you know, and you just get, oh, and it's so expensive. So every extra semester mm-hmm. is, uh, one arm and one leg, you know, so it's, uh, it's really crazy to me. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, for me personally, I also feel like our whole lives are a journey, and I think that uh, you can can change your career or what you do or can shift or flex with 
you know, the passage of time. And, and for me, that's true. I've, I've, I've been kind of in the same industry, but I've worked on all different kinds of things over the years. And um, I, I don't, I think it's important to trust your gut. And um, if you're really not happy doing something, then you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> but, it, you know, people, people, I think throughout their lives, um, I don't know. For me, I think especially creative people, we're always on some kind of journey and trying to seek out what's going to make us happy. And I think that changes over time. I agree. Yeah, because if you look at it and think that it's cement and you're locked in forever, it's really just kind of depressing when you really kind of step back to think yeah. that you can't, <laughs> yeah. can't change who you are. And that's, well, you decide to do that. That's who you are forever. It's like, shit, like I'm, mm-hmm. for, I'm 41 and I hope that that's not true. You know, I've kind of... Uh, re-evolve with you know doing this and having this creative outlet but the idea that be like well you're too old to do something new it's just like i don't know that's not the, really the message i want to send to my kids either it's like be happy and be your be true to yourself and that that, yeah. should, that should evolve we expect i don't know if we expect policy and laws and you know everything even packaging and recycling to evolve you know you should be able to evolve as people right yeah definitely i mean i think that also, it seems like the workplace landscape is evolving as well. I mean, there's so many more freelancers now today than there were like 10 years ago. Just it's a different um, different world out there. And, and so you got to, I think, be able to um, shift with that kind of stuff too, with cultural trends and social trends. And there's all kinds of things happening in the world. Um, so I think we should all be, I think, especially as a creative person, it's important to be receptive to change. Yeah, especially yeah. I think that right because we went from print being the the main you know the mass medium to now it's digital and now you know the idea that you'd be able to listen to you know albums and whatever on your phone in, in seconds. Yeah, if you don't adapt, you mean look at you know, it's sad to say. I mean, I, I had some good memories of Blockbuster, but they're the great example of kind of uh, <laughs> not adapting mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, RIP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember you'd race the Blockbuster and like hope that somebody return it. And then you'd like have the, it was just, there wasn't even a way to get digitally updated when it was back. It was just like, well, let's do back today. And, if, you know, so call back later. And that was it. That you just, yep. Oh. Yeah. They just had a Blockbuster pop up in New York City. Um, some clothing company decided to create a, uh, like a Blockbuster video pop up shop. Um, just for nostalgia, Instagram sake, I guess. Uh, I didn't go to it, but it just happened like a week or two ago, I think. In in my town, probably like hundred, like you know, down the hill, like I could walk there. There's a video shop that has VHS tapes, and I, I mean, I went there once, and it was amazing because I, I don't know how it's still even on. I mean, I, everyone says the front for something else, and I'm not trying to get any of the <laughs> any of the local knuckle breakers uh coming this way but i went in there and there was literally wall-to-wall it was it was so cool to see it was <laughs> wall-to-wall vhs tapes and i was just it, it, it was it was amazing because i was like i just gotta go in there and see if they're actually open like you know, yeah and they were and it was amazing it was this old woman mm-hmm. it was great but it was definitely wow. it's definitely a front for something else <laughs> Well, let's, t- let's continue this uh, journey talking about yourself. What is, you know, what is your, your process? How are you, how are you creating these days? What are you, what are your kind of the tools in your, your arsenal? 
um, like technical tools. Um, I mean, sometimes uh, a design often will start with a sketch, uh, you know, pretty crappy, loose, super loose sketch with stick figures or whatever, uh, or just lines like, uh, and then, you know, other times you might start with a mood board if it's, if the design is supposed to reference something specific or a specific style or like, uh, especially if it's something that's sort of nostalgic, it's like, uh, I'll go and like pull references or, um, examples of, of other illustrations or posters or clothing fabric or whatever, um, and create some kind of mood board, whether that's, uh, just finding random images and putting it on a Pinterest board or, um, making up, some sort of thing in Illustrator or Photoshop, just kind of with examples of stuff that uh, I want to emulate or even colors. Um, uh, so, yeah, so often you might start with, or I might start with uh, either of those things. Uh, and then sometimes if it's just something that's um, a design that's more uh, templated or um, based on a previous uh, design something like that, then I might just literally jump in to start designing. Um, but yeah, and often there's like, especially if there's a typographical, uh, a huge typographical element on it. Um, I spend a lot of time looking at font websites and, um, pulling different typefaces and, um, or creating my own typefaces. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, labels that I've done, um, where I created type because it didn't exist. What I was looking for didn't exist anywhere. Um, so for, for example, one that I off the top of my head, uh, we had like a rice crispy treats, um, beer at one point. And so I was like, Oh, Googling rice crispy treat font. And that, that does not exist. That's not a thing that exists in the world. So I had to, uh, create that. So, um, yeah, I guess it, yeah, whatever, um, the, the starting point, and yeah, it depends what the sort of what the brief is, what the name of the beer is, um, and then going from there. And it can uh, take all sorts of different, um, take shape in different ways, I think, when you start out. Excellent. Now, do you prefer, do you have any preference? Like if you are doing your work for yourself or creating for yourself, is there is there kind of your, something that's more, specific for your own personal projects that, that your preference or your, your happy place. I mean, I, obviously if you look at Megan's website and you know, the Instagram, you can see how adaptive and you know, how uh, hardworking and the, the, the variety of different uh, techniques that are being used. But is there something that's kind of like your kind of brings you back to your, your coloring days? Yeah. I mean, I, I like um, when there's time, when you have, you know, I mean, the luxury of time is a huge luxury. Um, when you have the right amount of time on the back end to, to really like spend, spend time thinking about a project, pulling different references, um, looking at them, even pinning them up on a wall or printing out images, um, and being kind of tactile with it. I mean, I, I, do love doing that when there's time, um, which often there isn't. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I think I, and I, and just on my own randomly, I'll, um, you know, I, I have gotten into like the adult coloring books and that's just sort of like when I want to turn my brain off at the end of the week or something, you know, I'll color something or, um, or even like 
cut out stuff from magazines and make my own little collage books, things like that. Um, yeah, I like, I like doing that kind of stuff. It just, it, it brings you back to, um, I think it's, it's kind of a grounding exercise artistically, uh, and also can be kind of a, a brain dump to kind of just like get some, get a bunch of stuff out of your head and then look at it. And then you can draw elements from that, um, draw elements out of that, I guess. Yeah, it's always a always a learning exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think with every piece that you work on, or at least this is true for me, I feel like I'm always learning something or, you know, I, I feel like I'm constantly growing um, visually and, and learning things about myself or learning shortcuts to doing things, stuff like that. I've definitely, in the last two years, I feel like I've gotten a lot faster um, designing just with the sheer volume and, um, it's, it's quite a, a task, um, with the amount of, uh, work that I've had to produce in short amount of time. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I've gotten, um, faster at it. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's definitely nice to, to be able to slow down if you can. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hear you. If, yeah. Well, there's that Ferris Bueller quote. Uh, I forget what it is about. Stop. I not enjoyed life. I, whatever. We'll, we'll edit it and we'll make it sound like I knew what I was talking about there. Um, yeah. uh, so, so since you met, we you know we came to learn you from the work you've done with other half. How did that? How did that relationship kind of come come to be? Um, I had uh, done a few projects for them. I had designed a couple of labels. Um, like maybe like five or at first it started off with just like one or two labels that I was going to help them out with. And, uh, and then I was like, Oh, I'll do a couple more. Okay. And and then I was like, Oh, can you, do you have any ideas for a neon sign? What is a neon sign in the tap room? All right. And then it kind of just, I kept doing little sort of like smaller assignments for them. And, um, and then, uh, at some point, um, they were like, do you just want to do all of them? <laughs> um, so I, I did start doing that, and um, and then I uh, had at, cert- at different times when we were super busy, I'd hire uh, designers to work with me uh, to help out, um, but not all the time. A lot of the time, it's just me doing everything. Um, but yeah, it uh, it it was. Um, I thought it, at first, my first thought was, oh wow, this is cool. I'll get my work on a beer can. That'll be sweet. Like I, that that was all I thought about it in the beginning, I hadn't thought it would become, um, uh, as big of a thing for me as it did. So that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. And again, folks, if you, uh, haven't heard of other half, I don't, it's, it's kind of weird to me, but, um, the amount of beer they put out in a given week is, is insane. And so the idea that Megan is creating these new labels consistently and uniquely and to meet those timelines is really unlike any any we've seen in the space. Um, I think she said over 500, and that's that's crazy to me. Um, maybe 500 in a lifetime, but like in the two year period, is uh, it's to be applauded and it's really incredible. So we have to ask, how is the what is the process like? Because I feel that there's always beer being made, and how. How are you managing that? How do you know when a new beer is coming up? Like, what is the process? Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, master schedules um, with names of beers. And um, it's, it's, it's been evolving. That process has been evolving over time. 
Uh, now, every at least once a month, uh, a group of people from the brewery. Sometimes I'm involved in that. Sometimes I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Um, but just a, whoever can sort of join. Um, it's sort of like a label brainstorming session or name name for the beers uh, brainstorm session. Um, and then so there's kind of a uh, sort of a, a list of those to kind of choose from. But I mean, often there's um, some of the beer names come out of uh, trips that the like the brewmaster Sam uh, trips that like he went on with other collaborating breweries or things that happened or inside jokes or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it, I guess it comes from, from all different sources, um, mostly from Sam's brain. Um, but he, uh, names, uh, most of the beers and, um, internally then a schedule is set of when things are going to be released and, um, and that schedule is usually pretty kind of fluid a little bit. Um, and so it, ideally, uh, I would know what beers are going to be released um, several weeks out, but uh, that doesn't always happen. Things change and shift. And um, so, um, yeah, so then there's kind of like we have the name of the beer. That's, I guess, the first thing. And then it's kind of like, well, which sort of visual category does this beer go in, whether it's... Um, is this label going to look like an, an existing label? Is it sort of an, another one in a series, like the way I think of it? Or, and when I started working with them, we had to put some visual design processes in place to kind of categorize the work and, and um, set like certain templates and uh, even like figure out color schemes that represent different hops. Um, so there was like that kind of work that I was doing in the background as well to kind of uh, give some order to the chaos. Um, so, so yeah, most, most of the time we'll have an idea initially of whether this beer, uh, is, is part of an existing series and then we'll, we know kind of visually what it might look like, or if it's a completely new illustration, then that's a whole thing, or if it's a typographical, uh, label. Um, so there's sort of these like kind of different visual categories that they'll be in, um, and that's kind of, uh, and then usually there's like a, a, a brief uh, of like, oh, this should be an illustration of X, Y, Z, or this is a typographical uh, type of label, um, that kind of thing. So then you kind of uh, start from there. That's, now you just say that real matter of factly, that's a whole, that's like a whole beautiful mind thing right there, the way they're all the connected and all the different types of beers that are coming up with and crazy ideas and trips. So again, if you haven't heard of, look, follow other half and just see the the volume that's coming out, and there's just like the consistency and the uniformity. Because right, there's all the there's all these different styles that are kind of uh, similar veins. So they you, they're to, uh, topography heavy. Others you come up with these you know really fun and uh, interesting patterns. You know they're always colorful and you know full of life. So it's. Uh, it's amazing. They're amazing standalone, but just to, to look at them in, in, in their volume. And if you go to Megan's website, there's like a nice banner mural of just like, it's probably about 40 of them. And that's just kind of like, just, just do that 40 divided by the 500. It's like not even 10% of her work in two years. And so it's really, uh, it's really impressive. Is it a 
chicken or the egg type of thing? Are you working on labels all the time just so you have them in stockpile or, or is it, okay, we have this new beer and you start from that point in time? Um, it would typically start from here's the name of the beer, then let's go. Um, I mean, I have certainly uh, so many designs that, uh, that I've done that we ended up not using for one reason or another. Um, so, uh, so we have, I'd have some of those and we occasionally, if there's, you know, if we're in a pinch, it's like, Oh, this thing's going to be released last minute. We didn't know. Then we might pull from one of those, um, like designs that we'd already looked at and rejected for one reason or another. Um, but most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time they're unique. Uh, each, yeah, you start with the, with the name of the beer and then just get, take off running. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really impressive. So I'm just kind of I'm just, I've just kind of I've been looking forward to this because I've been in awe as somebody who visits there occasionally just to think that how these are how these are coming out and uh, yeah. So uh, I like to publicly applaud you just for a, being so creative and keeping it keeping it fresh. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's when I've described to different friends. Um, who are, who work in the industry or work in, you know, advertising or design or whatever related industry. Um, people don't realize how much, like at first when I'm describing it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm designing these beer labels. You're like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, but no, it's an insane amount. It's like 30 a month or whatever. And, uh, people are like, wait, how is that possible? (laughs) And so I don't even know myself how that how uh it's been possible and even on my on my website um i don't think i think i only put can artwork on there but of course we've done a ton of bottles as well and so um at some point i'll put that on there but uh yeah it's been it would that was a difficult thing to figure out how to how to display that amount of work um and how to you know pick my favorites and how to curate that and how to show it um that was definitely challenging because there's just so much of it yeah, I think that literally, yeah, that would be a, a, a job in of itself, just trying to keep that thing updated. And we are back. Listen to episode 143 right here, this 16-ounce canvas. Megan Pemnan, Meganificent, Meganificent.com. The creative genius behind over 500 fucking labels for other half brewing. Who, if you haven't heard of them either, then you're just living under a rock. So let me lift up the rock. They're located in Brooklyn and Rochester, and they're just one of the hardest working, coming out with more unique, different beers, variations on a daily, weekly basis. Like I said, 500 labels, it's just mind-blowing. It's really uh, its really just amazing to be able to kind of learn about the process, learn about her story. I think it's inspiring. I think it's amazing. I mean, I just think logistically alone, like, I look at things in a few different ways when we do these interviews. I look at the, the creative aspect of it, so the fact to be able to come up with 500 unique ideas, keep the cousins and the variations and the similar styles and themes together, but still making them stand out, giving the fans you know something unique every time. Project management, 
you know, just ability to, to kind of meet deadline. It's just all these weird things that are going in my head and how these are done. And, you know, Megan hits every box. Like I said, she's the champion. Come at her. Who's going to take it from her? I don't know. But 500 labels, period, is just amazing. And like I said, since the time we did this interview, probably back late 2019, December. So now I want to bet she's done at least 30. And that's not even to mention all the other stuff for the events and whatever else is going on. The bottles, it's like, psh, it is just a, a machine. And you see it, and you go there, and what is cool, it just kind of like, it's efficient, but it's not this massive, you know, macro-looking place. It's, you know, it is, you go there and you're kind of, it's kind of from the outside underwhelming when you see it. I mean, I went there probably the first time about four or five years ago. And it was even even smaller, and they kind of just blew the place out. But I remember, I remember the first time I went there. You know, I still have the growler. It's just like tiny little ass uh, other half growler, and went there. And they weren't really doing Kansas, you know, as frequent. And I was in, in town for a, uh, a conference, and I, you know, I picked up a few things. And you know, we, I remember with a few colleagues crushing a few of the the mini growlers in the in the hotel room for you know, uh, and just you know, kind of turning folks onto it and it's just really kind of really cool to to see how it's evolved and how it's grown and what they're what they're up to so much respect but we are here to focus on miss pendant megan magnificent on instagram magnificent.com the champion from early age rocking it with the jewelry coloring contests you know and just learning as she went being open to the universe, trying a few different majors, which again, I still think is crazy. The idea that at 17, you're supposed to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I don't even know what I'm going to eat for lunch tomorrow, and you're going to tell me what I got to figure out, you know, I'm going to do with the rest of my life from a job, and then be willing to, you know, be up to your, you know, from your ass to your elbows in, in, in debt to do that. But be receptive to change is a big takeaway from that. And it's really just been a, a wonderful experience, a chance to, to speak to her, learn about her stories. And I hopefully, you know, you'll take, uh, take something away from that. You are listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. Episode 143, 16OZ canvas is the hashtag. It's taken on a life of its own. It's so much fun. Follow along. All you do is click on it. You'll get a little follow button and, Look, go, you know, go through the archive and you'll see that, you know, we made that from nothing. So there was no people using it. You know, we didn't try to uh, piggyback on other folks's, you know, hashtags or uniqueness. We, we built that up from the, from the ground and we did that together as a community. And that's really how we find out on a lot of new artists and recommendations. People just tag their stuff. And uh, it really, it's really cool to see, you know, especially all the breweries that are starting to, to kind of pick it up and follow along with us. So. It's never too late. You're never too old. Enjoy the 16-ounce canvas. Go to 16ozcanvas.com. We're on all media platforms. We'd love to know how you found us. Maybe you're at the .com or uh, uh, iTunes. Is iTunes even a thing? I think it's like a separate thing now, like podcasts. But we're on podcasts by Apple. We're on Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can ask one of your uh, home devices, Alexa, Google Play, to, to play us. Um, you probably have to say the whole thing. The 60-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer. But uh, we are the Art of Craft Beer, and we're really proud of that. And uh, look for more information soon about some uh, upcoming events and uh, some great personal milestones. And just uh, 2020, my friends, it is a new year. 
Let's just celebrate it. Let's enjoy it together. This is a great way to do that. Hard work, passion, creativity, dedication. Megan is the champion. We gotta, we're going to work on a belt. we got to get her belt. So I think the crew at Other Half has probably got a bigger bigger budget than we do. So, you know, but uh, Megan is the champion. Come at her in like a nice way. I think Megan will kick your ass, but I, I don't know. I have no basis for that. But anyway, let's get back into it. We're digging the tunes. This is a lot of fun. We're having a good time. And we still have not revealed Megan's secret identity, her alter ego. It's coming up in this next segment. So don't go anywhere. Part two, Megan Pemden, 16 ounce canvas, episode 143. Let's do it. Right here. We can't say right here right now because we said the last one. So we have to think of a cool way to like, let's do this. Now, yeah. from an organization, like from your filing file organization standpoint, when you know it's going to be a certain type of beer or style, do you have certain kind of templates that you've created that are jump off points that when you, okay, no, this one's going to be more pattern based. This one's going to be more topography or this is part of the all series or what have you. Like, is there a way that you're, you organize that to kind of uh, give you like a jump start? Yeah, there's, there's certain labels that are templated, um, which, you know, there would be no way to achieve the volume of labels that we have uh, visually without having some of them be templated. Um, so that's one of the reasons for that. Um, that's one of the reasons why we do that. And then also like, because those, the beers, the, the way they taste, they're all sort of cousins of each other, you know, um, or this, they're the same style or whatever. So they're in the same series is what we call it. Yeah. And the, it, you don't make it easy on yourself either. When you come up with some of these patterns, it's especially the food ones. You're not just making like, okay, let me draw a hot dog or a donut. It's like, seven different versions of a hot dog, you know, uh, half, you know, literally dozens of donuts. And so, yeah. Yeah. Most of, most of the time they're not exact patterns and that's, that's part of the kind of magic of the artwork, I think. Um, uh, Cause when you look at it, you realize, Oh yeah, it's, it's not, a, it looks like a pattern, but it's not an actual pattern. They're all, um, especially with the food ones, they're all uh, pretty different. Yeah. And then, then on top of that, even the, the paper you're using, you know, there's some of them that have that really fun foil and have like a, a hologram mm-hmm. effect to it. So you're really, you know, you're really uh, running the, the gauntlet of different styles, which I like because we get folks who are topography heavy, pattern based, you know, playing off of the you know, the materials they're using. Um, you really kind of uh, hit on all cylinders. And it's, uh, and like I said, you're probably one of the busiest label people in in the business if not if not the i i I don't think i can think of uh somebody else yeah it's it's been an intense uh yeah intense process um but super fun and yeah always getting to um explore and do different kinds of things and and that's been really cool and i mean it's a super fun playful youthful vibrant colorful brand um but yeah it's 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 been an interesting challenge from a branding perspective on my end to think about um, how to bring all of those visual styles together in a way that makes sense. Um, and what, what's the story that we're telling? Um, because I, I think about having worked in advertising for a long time, I'm, I think about brand storytelling a lot. Um, and what's the, what's the story of this brand? What are we trying to say overall? Um, so yeah, it's not, 
to me, it's also not just about the individual um, illustration, although although that's definitely a huge part of it. But it's also, yeah, what's the larger, um, what's the larger visual story? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun it's it's fun to uh, like I said, it's fun to see what comes comes down the pike next, and it's really uh, it's just uh, it's really uh, impressive um, just from a you know the the to be able to be so creative on such a scale where some folks are like oh i had two three weeks to make this one label and you're i mean i'm joking but the fact that you know even just now taking an hour of your time you probably had to make seven labels today that you know <laughs> yeah you know, they're coming off so uh maybe maybe you'll take something away from this that we could you know, that'll, you know be an easter egg in there or something but it's just uh they're like they're really i just wanted to applaud you once again so i think it's really uh it's really cool to, to see. Now, do you are you a sketchbook person? Do you have a sketchbook with you because you're always try, having to create something? Are you like an idea comes to you and you sketch it out, or or do you try to? Uh, are you yeah? You must always be thinking of what you can make next. Yeah, uh, I I mean I do always carry around a notebook, and that's just a, a habit that when you work in advertising, um, you're just always writing stuff down in a little notebook. So I've always had you know that. Um, but yeah, I mean some labels. Some labels start will start with a, a hand drawn sketch, and other ones don't. Other other ones I'm sketching on a tablet onto my computer, um, and then sometimes it's just like if it's uh, a type, let's say typography based thing, uh, I might look at a bunch of typefaces and references, and and uh, and then just jump right into it. Um, but it, yeah, it, it depends on each individual design, and yeah, whether there's a whether there's a template or, or not, things like that. And what I what I love it was a subtle thing you meant like some don't get approved or make the cut and the idea that there's still that approval process and the involvement given the the speed in which things are, are made you know that's really uh, that also is just kind of a testament to the work at other half what they're doing is that part of me was curious it was just kind of like they they kind of trust you so much which they do obviously but like that it's just kind of like okay we don't have time to make you know give feedback and so that's uh that's really nice that's still part of the the process even though there's so it's everything yeah. is, it's kind of like controlled chaos i think from the outside it looks like this huge thing is just so so busy pumping stuff out but it when, when you the more time you spend there you really kind of see the all the the infrastructure and the moving parts yeah it's a um it's a crazy chaotic dance <laughs> that we're all doing to try to and i know even on the like beer creation side which i'm not involved in at all um but i know that there's all kinds of crazy production logistics and stuff so it's a a huge coordination and especially now like having uh another location and there's different beers at the other location um so yeah it's a lot to to pull together and there's just so many awesome people who are um doing cool stuff and making it happen and i and and i think also like you know, because they have such a sort of culty fan base, um, there's a little bit of a, you know, I guess sensitivity to what, what are fans like? What are, what do people like? Um, what kind of, um, beers get people excited, that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm not really, I'm not involved in any of that kind of, uh, any of those kind of decisions, but it's definitely, um, something that I've noticed, um, you do and uh, I think that's yeah. pretty cool their fan base is a little crazy at times yeah so it's uh which is i mean to and on the other side just the the compliment is the fact that 
they care so much about this process because they're coming out with such unique one-off, unique beers, and people people love their beers. And so the fact they just go the extra mile by having all these beers be, you know, have unique labels and what have you, and it's not it's not cheap, it's not easy to do. And so it's it just it's another testament to kind of uh, you know them being so passionate about it and taking to that level to be aligned with somebody you know of your of your caliber to to be that creative yeah i mean it's also like these beers are highly collectible and people trade them and all that kind of stuff i mean that's true of a lot of craft breweries but especially with other half there's uh yeah people are just crazy for this stuff and it's great beer i mean i i've always said i don't think that um the design plays a huge role in it obviously but uh if the beer wasn't any good i don't think that they would have such a culty following um so it is really good beer and i mean it's even stuff like at the at the beer festivals um i the first beer fest that they did that i was involved with uh i there were people showing up at the beer fest who had made their own bootleg t-shirts with artwork like from my artwork that they had like taken screenshots of online and then like made their own like bootleg shirts and stuff. And I was just like blown away by that, that people were uh, that obsessed with the brand that they would, you know, go as far as like creating their own merch because they're like super fans. And then I had like people uh, asking me to design tattoos for them. I mean, it's like, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, and to, to have the opportunity also to like work on a brand that has those kind of fans. I mean, coming from the advertising world where we're always trying to get people to pay attention to our product or to uh, talk about it on social or create the next viral campaign, that kind of thing. It's like, um, I jumped into this brand and they already had that. They already had that magic established. And so that's, been like really cool to be involved with and and see and i mean i when i describe the brand to to people who don't know them i I sort of say oh it's like the supreme of beers like uh people will stand in line for this stuff and sometimes camp out if it's a super high demand release that kind of thing um so yeah to to be involved in a a brand that um that has that kind of feverish fan base has been really cool that's, I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, because I have I have like a nephew who's like a sneakerhead, and like they always talk about that, and like getting in, like when you tell people that people wait in line for for hours for beers, it's it's kind of crazy, and I it's really uh, it's yeah, it does, you get little side eyes and weird looks after a while, but yeah, it's just uh, yeah. however people want to spend their time, whatever makes them happy is uh, is fine by me. Yeah, no, it's it's bringing joy to many. <laughs> Yep, sixteen ounces at a time. Now, do you also yeah. do the ones for the the Rochester location as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at this at this point, right now, uh, we have uh, other people designing stuff, which has taken some some of the heavy load off of my plate. So um, that has been um, really cool to have back up. You're right. That just this sheer idea that there's such volume that we, yeah, you need to, uh, to do that. It must've been, and coming from your ad, you know, advertising background, it's like you built, you spent like months working on one campaign and you're basically mm-hmm. pumping out mini campaigns, you know, every week. Yeah, no, it, it's true. And, and like, it's kind of like each beer or each series, uh, is, is its own brand kind of, you know, 
it has a different visual point of view and a story that it's trying to tell. And so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, for some of the work I've done for big ad agencies and big clients, like you might work on a project for a year or more um, before it even sees the light of day. And so this is just like, it's so immediate. Um, And there's also like one thing that can be frustrating having, you know, come from this world of advertising that moves in a different pace and a different type of approval process, but just that you don't have time to second guess yourself. And I don't, it's like, it's moving so fast that uh, I just have to like keep going. And, and sure, there's probably a ton of labels that are out there that there's things I would have done differently, or there's, you know, colors I might've wanted to use instead or whatever, when I look at it. Um, but you just have to keep going and it's, uh, and not be too, uh, too, uh, bent on the shape if it's not the exact, you know, perfect thing that you wanted. Cause there's like 50 more in the queue that you've got to get to. So it's, I've had to learn, I think my, like my own personal, uh, like curation skills of my own work. Um, I've had to like trust my gut more and just move forward and keep going. Um, so that's been like another part of the, the crazy chaos. Yeah. Now how many different s- series are there? There's, I mean, I can think of a few the everything's I think there's like the clouds, the daydreams. Mm-hmm. The, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, there's the broccolis. I mean, there's, a, there's definitely, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. Uh, what's another one? Yeah. I said daydream. There's uh, the, the Chroma series in Rochester and uh, right the, yeah, the diamonds a, yeah the diamonds yeah there's there's several there's yeah. a lot of different uh, sort of series and then some plenty of one-offs too where they they don't really belong in any kind of category they're just like their own cool weird thing now so is everybody cognizant of the series so when you have these meetings to discuss name names or releases is okay this is this. And so then you kind of have like, we're talking about fourth year templating or just kind of a different way to think at, think about it. Okay. This is part of this series. Is is that, is that how it's presented to you? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time. Right. Yeah. You're like, Oh (laughs) yeah, I could see that. Like, Oh, you didn't mention this. And also folks, if you again, remember, uh, magnificent.com magnificent, uh, on, uh, IG, you can see also, it's really cool. Some of the, the, the big brands you worked on, you know, Apple, Corona, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Schick, uh, 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 probably one of the, at the time, one of the more uh, controversial viral video campaigns, uh, which was uh, mm-hmm. it was cool to see you worked on that one. Uh, you'll, you have to check it out, folks. Go check out Megan Megan's website and, and see the video there if, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, it's just kind of nice to see that, like, you know, you're, you're, you know how, how busy you are. I know there's a new Pastry Town. Uh, we'll give some plugs. Tickets are available now. Pastry Town uh, <laughs> next year. I think we're gonna try to hit that one up. So looking forward to to that. And you have Green City and just like I'm literally, folks. I don't think that there's Megan would need an intern or two just to up keep her her website updated with uh, all the newest uh, labels that she's creating. There's there's a uh, you know, there's almost uh, forty of them just on there, and that's only a, a small uh, drop in the bucket of what she's been working on. Okay. Uh, let's see. So were you, or are you now a beer drinker? Was that, is, you know, working for them? Is that something that that's evolved from that? Does that come into play when you're designing the labels, the the style of beer and kind of the colors and flavors? Uh, not 
that much, to be honest. I mean, I, I love beer and I love craft beer and I have a appreciation for it, but I'm, I, I'm not a craft beer nerd, I guess. Um, I, I, I love it. I think it's awesome, but I, I think I'm, I'm more of a wine drinker, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty into natural wines. Um, and, and, you know, like the, the way that the beers are created, I mean, most of the time, um, they're like brewed at the same time that the label's ordered. So, uh, or the label might even be ordered before the beer's even brewed. So, um, I would never get to taste a beer before, uh, I designed something unless it's like a pre-existing thing. So, um, so that's kind of like a, an interesting thing, um, so yeah, I uh, but my fridge is full of beer and it has been full of beer for the last couple of years, uh, where literally I couldn't fit anything else in my fridge because I just had too much beer in there. Um, <laughs> Good problem. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I, I and I still I still drink it, but it, but I mean a lot of these beers are super high ABV, so uh, you know I can't. I definitely physically can't drink one every night. Uh, it's just like, it's a lot. So um, sometimes I might, if it's like a high ABV, I might have like half a can and unfortunately have to dump it. Um, if uh, it just feels like too much beer, it's too strong for me. Um, but yeah, it's all great. It's all good stuff. Yeah. It's, I, their beers are, are, are they, they creep up on you. They're, they don't, they mm-hmm. don't taste like they're that strong. And then you, and then, you know, beer number two, you're like, oh, that was, uh, yeah, especially, yeah. And yeah. Now do they put out a ton of cans. There's usually like, you know, two dozen beers on tap. So it's just definitely uh, make sure you Uber or Lyft or have a designated driver, folks, because uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's an experience going there. Yeah. It definitely is. And I, it's funny. I mean, I, I feel like if I was drinking that beer every day, uh, I wouldn't be able to do this volume of work and <laughs> keep my head about me. Uh if I was drinking every day like that. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it when I can, but I, which unfortunately can't be all the time. Ah, the whole being a grown up thing sometimes gets in the way of all the fun, right? So yeah, it's, uh, I know it, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Now, um, what are you, what are you working on currently? What's, uh, what's, what's in the queue for you either at other half or just kind of in general? Um, I am ideally starting to take on some more clients and create some more room in my schedule now that we have some other folks, uh, involved, um, with, and handling some of the design and project management type stuff, um, which was taking up a lot of my time. So I'm, uh, expanding the range of clients that I'm working on. Well, good folks head on to magnificent.com. If you want to work with Megan, uh, magnificent on uh, Instagram, you can follow along. Uh, anything, any, uh, this will air in 2020, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but any, any fun plans for, uh, for New Year's? I mean, it, what, any, uh, any good adventures coming up? Uh, I will be drinking champagne on New Year's. That's <laughs> probably a lot of champagne and wine. No, it's, it's actually a funny thing about champagne. I don't know if this has been discussed or if anyone else has brought this up on the podcast, but, uh, that. After the beer festivals, um, all of the brewers from all of the different, you know, breweries from around the world, when we have like the the final party after the beer fest, uh, they're all drinking champagne or bourbon, usually. Uh, nobody's drinking beer. 
Oh, wow. I could see the bourbon, yeah. the champagne, I never would have guessed, but I mean. Yeah, there's, they always bust out like a big magnum of champagne. All right. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I find I love, they're harder to drink and you need to make sure you have a lot of people, but I just like, I like, I don't know if it's like the humor of it, but I find magnums just to be like funny and fun. I just like things that are like massive sized. So it's always just funny like, yeah. from like a point of scale thing, but I don't always. Yeah. But, That's super fun. Right, yeah. It's just like fun to do. And then, I don't know, I haven't done the uh, slicing of the top of bottles off yet. That seems like a big, uh, uh, I don't I only really get the, the fad there. It seems a little seems a little, a little dangerous and kind of crazy, especially yeah. with people drinking with a, a big sword, but it's pretty popular. Oh, yeah. we When we had a beer, we released a beer. I had to do an illustration. The name of the beer was Please Saber This Can. And uh, so the illustration on the can was, um, it, it was like instructional, like showing you how, if you were going to take a sword to the can, how, how to open it. Um, which, uh, yeah, that was a fun one to, to do. Uh, did you get folks sending pictures in of them trying to do that? We, I thought we would, I was like, you guys, people are going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. try to do it. And, uh, but we didn't actually, I, I, I didn't see any. So, uh, but I would have thought that people were, were going to try to do it. Oh, yeah. A guy comes in with like three fingers and is like, your instructions did not yeah. work. <laughs> right. <laughs> jo- the, the, the new variant is Johnny Three Fingers and it's like a spinoff of the caber beer. <laughs> so this next question uh, is is not designer beer related. So um, what well, – actually, this, we'll, we'll have one more question. Um, since you're doing so many labels, what is your name – What is your? do you have a specific naming convention you utilize? How do you organize your files? It's kind of a nerdy question, but I, I really like it. Hmm. How do I organize my files? Well, I I have Brooklyn and Rochester in two separate uh, sort of folders areas, um, and then I'll I'll keep um, ones in a certain series might be in one main folder a lot of the time, um, and then usually just each uh, each label has its own folder. Um, and I'll drop, you know, typefaces in there or reference photos or, uh, templates or whatever other stuff, uh, besides the actual illustration files. Okay. That's always, yeah. It's a one I always like to, to ask folks. It's kind of, uh, it's interesting. And folks are like, I don't have a naming convention. And they like, they, they look at it while we're talking or they say it out loud and it's like, oh, I do. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you do you do have to be super organized, um, just because of the the speed at which these things are happening, and um, you know, like, yeah, I have to be super duper organized and buttoned up uh, behind the scenes for that stuff. Um, and yeah, when you're sending off uh, files for the printer, like those are pretty exact, and you have to put a different sort of hat on uh, that's less creative. Um, when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you could teach a master's class in organizing uh, multiple concurrent projects. So we'll, we'll, look, yeah. we'll, we'll look for that. <laughs> we'll look for that in 2020. Um, and then, good. yeah, I'm signed up. Uh, lastly, um, <laughs> when you're creating, do you have, what's, what's the scene like? Do you listen to have music you're listening to? If so, what, what kind of, what kind of music do you work in silence podcast? What's, uh, what's kind of the, the scene? I have to listen to music when I work. Uh, it, there's, if there's, if, if there's no noise, I sort of like go a little nuts. Um, 
so yeah, I love listening to music and I, I have like a crazy organized Spotify situation where I've got hundreds and hundreds of playlists where I've categorized different music. I'm like nerdy and obsessive about it. Um, so I have, uh, yeah, all different kinds of playlists. So I'll pick something, um, that just feels like the right vibe and right mood for me and throw that on and, um, yeah, jam out. Oh, you, that's awesome! So we, we're not gonna let you get off that easy though. Drop some, drop some bands or what playlist you got. Let us, uh, let us in. This is we love. This is this is AJ's question. It's more for me, but I, I just love. Oh, I, I love to. Uh, I love to get turned on to new music. No pressure though. I mean, no pressure. Uh, I mean, I I listen to a lot of uh, like '80s music, disco stuff. Um, I my one of my favorite bands is LCD Sound System. So that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of electronic music with like stuff with a good beat that I can just sort of feel like I'm jamming out to while I'm working. Um, I I also will listen to new music. I try to keep up with what's coming out. So I'll have uh, at least one playlist for every season and I have them back going back from till like 2012, uh, like for a year at least. Um, but then I have other playlists that are organized in different ways. So yeah, I'll, I'll put just like new music into a playlist, um, for each season. So, um, yeah, I'm always changing it up what I'm listening to. And, um, yeah, right now I'm on a winter mix. So yeah, always all different kinds of stuff. Um, I also listen to, uh, in Brooklyn here, there's this place called the lot radio, and it's a little, I don't know if you've ever seen it or been there, but it's a, like a shipping container where they have a coffee bar on one part of the shipping container. And then the other side is a DJ booth and they live stream uh, every day, basically 24 seven. Um, and they always have rotate different DJs in and out. And so I, I'll throw that on a lot of the time because um, it's always just cool, good, interesting, fun stuff. Um, so I listen to that a lot. Oh, why well, I'm on Spotify, so I will have to try to connect and get access to those playlists. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and that's kind of how I got started with the the radio thing. I did I did college. I wasn't in college for ten years, but I did college radio for ten years, and so I'm always trying to learn new new music. And we keep uh, the cool. rec- recommendations of all our guests, and we add them. And so our algorithm is uh, completely wonky, and uh, it's a it's a it's a lot of fun. So that's that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that's sweet. I, yeah, I actually, I DJ uh, occasionally on vinyl, so I have a big vinyl collection, too. Um, like, if I'm working at home, I might put on a record, because um, I like that tactile part of it. I agree. Um, now, do you yeah. have, do you have a DJ name? Like, what do you, like, if you're DJing? I do. Uh, my DJ name is Flirt Reynolds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I, I when I lived in San Francisco, I had kind of a regular gig that I would do once a month uh, with a friend of mine. We would co-DJ. Um, and then when I moved back to New York, uh, I had a, a bar that I would uh, DJ at fairly regularly, and then their turntables broke, so I stopped. Um, and then I was like, oh, I don't have time to do this anymore. So, um, yeah, I still, I still do it now occasionally uh, for friends' parties or weddings or my own parties or whatever. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I I would love to be able to do vinyl only, but I did. My wife got me a controller, and so I've been trying to just even find time to to fully learn it. But it's just been fun. You know, I always like when people are able to kind of curate the you know, the playlist and the wireless speakers, and just kind of you know while people are there, kind of feeling the vibe of what's going on. And 
yeah, that's definitely uh, super cool. One of our one of our previous guests, uh, Scott Hadouk, he's out of uh, he's out of Maine. He's a, he's an all vinyl DJ. He yeah, he, I've I've enjoyed his stuff. And then we interviewed uh, Rimey, Lauren Reimer, who does work for Rockaway, and she's a, she's. I want to put you two in a maybe have it at Green City in the, in the wrestling ring, but you know she's like. She said she was the hugest LCD sound system fan, so I don't know. Oh, funny. We might have yeah. to we might have to see. That's cool. Um, yeah, I have talked with uh, the guys at Other Half about DJing one of the events at some point. Um, hasn't happened yet, but it may happen. We'll no, see. we'll definitely uh, we'll be on the look for Flirt Reynolds, and uh, we'll see. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, and we'll see where. Yeah, because that's what I would like to do. We do these events, and you know, we try to. I would like to at least be able to hold my own and not have it be so noticeable uh, for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I have the first hour I ever did of my college radio show, and it's like one of the most painful things <laughs> you'll, you'll ever hear. And I'm trying to get it digitized so we can drop it as like an episode in the in the archives one week. But That's it's, yeah, funny. It's That's like, funny. Uh, uh, so, and like, I can't work with the equipment, and there's like dead air where I'm trying to like push the, uh, hit the wrong button, and I think I'm off the, uh, it's, it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like really, it's actually so technical. Like, I think, I feel like every time I've DJed, even at the same place when I had a regular thing, like every single time there's a different technical challenge. It's like, oh, this wire's missing or, oh, this thing's broken. And you just have to like roll with it and figure it out. And like, I, I swear every single time I've DJed, there's always something wrong that you have to, a problem you have to solve. Um, but that's the fun of it. Oh, and yeah. uh, also picking picking cool music and getting people dancing. Like, I love that part of it. Yeah, we, yeah, because we had an, we had a DJ for one of our events, and we, I guess we didn't, you know, the planning ahead of time. The some of the equipment we had wasn't in line with what he had, and so that was a kind of awkward stare down of like, I don't know how to fix that for you, but mm-hmm. what can I get mm-hmm. you? And yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, you have to be a little little adaptive, but uh, it's it's been fun uh, researching and trying to learn, you know, beat matching, which is kind of like the the secret sauce to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. All right, well, uh, that's a wrap, Megan. We did it. I, I'm glad we're oh, able to, to wow. make this happen. See, it wasn't so painful. A little over an hour. You talking about <laughs> talking about talking about yourself. You're probably not used to that. And uh, yeah, how yeah, that no, was super fun. I'm I'm really glad that we were able to chat. Yeah, me too. And I just want to, uh, again, it's a great opportunity to celebrate all your hard work. And like I said, uh, you know, you're probably five or six labels back now, but, um, it's just, uh, I've been a big fan and just really admire, you know, the hard work and the, the ability to not only come out with unique stuff consistently, but, you know, just at such a high quality and I, you can see the, the, the style sheets and how things are kind of, uh, you know, six degrees of separation. And so it's just, uh, it's uh it's awesome. So uh, you know, thank you for all you do and for for being a part of the project. Cool, thank you. I'm I'm psyched to uh, hear everybody else on this season too. Excellent. All right, good. And uh, if I don't talk, if I don't talk to you before, have a happy new year. And uh, if you ever need anything, like I said, if you're anything we can do to help promote um, or you know promote you or when your next DJ gig, let us know. And uh, <laughs> you know, you're part of the, the alumni, part of the family. So uh, anything we can do, we're always here. And hopefully. Uh, I'll reach out when I'm in the city and maybe we can get a, you know, get a beer in person, a uh, low ABV cool, that'd or be great. we can yeah. split the beer. So you don't have to, you know, don't have to pour it out. We'll just have half a beer. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Megan. I'll talk to you soon. Happy new year. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye.
And there you have it, folks. The essential, the full scope. Episode 143 is now officially in the books. Megan Pemnan, other half brewing, 16-ounce canvas, Flirt Reynolds. And we tried really hard. We tried to find some tracks. Um, you know, we found some old, you know, promos and whatnot from, you know, events that uh, Megan had done. And we were going to hopefully, like, just secretly drop some, some, you know, some tracks. But the vinyl DJs are not as available online. It's a kind of, you know, if you love what they're doing with the vinyl, it's not as available on, on, the, uh, on the online machines. So uh, if the other half crew is listening to this, get her the belt. Have her DJ one of the you know events. Put us on the guest list, and we would love it. Hopefully, by twenty twenty one, we'll be uh, you know able to rock the controller. We can maybe do a little you know warm up set. We were thinking of uh, McFly, and we have it be like MC Fly, have it be like you know or be like Marty, Marty MC Fly or something like that. You know, uh, you know we, we really uh, we like the the Flirt Reynolds. So we thought that was really good, and uh, we gotta we gotta step up our game and bring it. So uh, that's one of the things that we're going to be focused on in uh, 2020 is doing things we love, being part of new experiences, taking some chances, putting it all out there and see see what the universe brings back. It has brought us back 143 fucking amazing episodes, 150 plus artists, 12 countries, you know, connected with, you know, you know thanks to, to Megan, it, it pads our stats, but probably brings us close to, you know, over... You know, 2,500 labels, uh, 200 plus breweries, and just uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of amazing experiences. You know, thanks to, to this. And so, as we come up on uh, year three, we're just uh, 2020 is the, is the year to be blessed and be grateful and be humbled. And uh, we try to do it every time here. So remember, magnificent, magnificent.com, 16 ounce canvas hashtag. Use it, abuse it, share it. Wherever you're uh, checking us out, there's uh, always opportunities to leave reviews or ratings. Let us know what you think, you know. Drop us an email to aj16ozcanvas.com. There's really uh, a very thin barrier between us and you. Uh, when you send it on the, the forms, you know, on our Squarespace website, it comes right to me. And uh, we love to connect and we love to, you know, promote and share and just, you know, be part of something special. Like I said, we're doing something cool in Philly for Philly Beer Week. Uh, maybe one or two things. We'll have our annual uh, hubbub in Maine. We're looking to do uh, something in Connecticut, and we're also throwing it out there. We don't have it fully broken out, but we're hoping to do the Art of Craft Beer Photography and feature some amazing photographers. So get in touch. Celebrate. 500-plus labels. I would say by, you know, the end of Q1, we're probably closer to 650. But she's a machine. She is the champion. I'm like her hype man. I'm like Jimmy Hart or, you know, somebody in her corner. But I just think she's the champ. And uh, you got to come at her. So bring it. Bring it. Bring it. So we went with the double dose LCD sound system. We did a little lot radio. We could not find any Flirt Reynolds. If you've got any flirt rounds for us, get in touch. Again, aj16ozcanvas.com. Upload it. We'll find a way to, to, to feature that in the future. But we thank you. 2020 is going to be a great year, and uh, we're going to do some cool stuff together. So if there's any way you're out there that we can help you, let's uh, team up. Let's collaborate. 
uh, brewers out there. We do. We definitely want to do uh, some more beers together. It was a wonderful experience with Norway. We, uh, we're getting our feet wet and trying to do, do some designs and design our own labels. And uh, I'd be lying to say if I didn't want to do a couple more. So we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank Megan for uh, sharing with us. She was just uh, amazing. She, uh, we were really just. Uh, each week we we take a little little piece and we take a little bit part of these stories and we get that shit together. It's like a cooler vo- version of Voltron, but it just really uh, it makes me a better person. It makes me uh, appreciate and look at things a lot differently. And we're just really thankful for everything that you're doing. We're thankful that she's doing, and together, you know, we're just making this really cool community. So each week we continue that mission. That is our goal. We're coming up on year three. What? And uh, we thank you. So until next week, my name is AJ. This is the 16-ounce canvas. We are the Art of Craft Beer podcast. And Magnificent is the world champ. Come at her. Until next time. Everybody's getting